0: Welcome
1: to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And on today's episode, I unpack exactly what ethical advertising means with Stacey Delaney, Taboola's UK and Nordic's country manager, and Deb Harper, partner at Mindshare Worldwide. We discuss the role industry leaders must play in turning platitudes and LinkedIn posts into meaningful change, and why the two C's of collectives and collaboration are so vital in leading to action. We also get into some of the initiatives Deb and Stacey lead within their businesses and the progress they're making, and agree violently on why an ethical media plan is so plainly good for business. But in true IAB form, I started by asking both of them how they'd rate the sustainability of digital advertising's future.
2: There will probably always be advertising because there will always be something to sell and mm. to persuade people to, to buy. But um, I think how sustainable are things in the way that we're doing at the moment, I'd probably score us somewhere in the middle, maybe a six, if 10 is the best and one is the, mm. one is the worst.
1: Lots of room for improvement, by the sounds of There's things. There's
2: room for improvement, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Deb, what, what, what's your take? If you are going to, uh, what would be on our sort of coursework if we handed it now as mm-hmm. a, a digital advertising industry or advertising in general, where, where would we score and where might our pitfalls be in terms of being a very sustainable industry?
0: I would actually agree with Stacey on, on a six. I think we are making strides, um, but we've got a, a long way to go. Mm. Um, and I think we need to move out of sort of the conversation part and into the action part um, and into doing as well as just saying. So, yeah, for me, it's a six because just because I think the intention is there mm-hmm. and you know, intentions are honorable. Um, but you know, we need more action.
1: Talk, talk to me about ethical advertising because it, it, it does seem to. There's all sorts of different flavours. It does mean different things to different people, whether it's your own background or where you work. There's sort of different things within it. When you hear ethical advertising, what, how do you interpret it? Or what do you mean by it, Deb?
0: For me, um, ethical advertising is um, around the data that you're using, around the way you employ people, around the tools and solutions that you put in place holding yourself and your partners accountable, um, all of those things build up to being ethical. And that means that if you say, um, you know, we're always going to make sure that we're inclusive in our advertising, hmm. then make sure you're also inclusive in the way you recruit and yeah. make sure you're also inclusive in the um, relationships that you have with your media partners and make sure you're also inclusive in the way that you distribute wealth and the way that you use your, you know, you evaluate your partnerships. Mm -hmm. It's like all of those things add up to being ethical in the way that you approach how you do business. Just being, um, having some level of integrity uh, and holding yourself accountable for that integrity
1: and where where do you think it sits within within mindshare within agencies you know there's a there's a slightly dire view that agencies are big trading machines and it certainly wasn't the case when i was in one but um you know it's it's the commercial bit and the the trading might that kind of comes first and perhaps the ethical bit second is that an unfair assessment of sort of life at mindshare and in the agency world today
0: I think so. Yeah, I think it's pretty unfair to say that now. <laughs> um, I, I think you know we're much more rooted in in data, in putting consumers first, in understanding our audiences, um, and uh, and looking at you know where we get our data from and how we use it, hmm. um, and then. What does that mean from a trading perspective? No two ways about it. We have a lot of responsibility, a lot of power, and yeah. obviously, with with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of power in in having that kind of you know media clout, um, budget clout, spend clout. Um, but you know, I definitely think that we're on the on track to use our, our our power responsibly and you know it sits in the way that we've positioned ourselves from mindshare as well around good growth yeah which is all around ethical data every single yeah. last piece of it and it's it's saying if you're going to spend your money uh, if we're going to spend clients money let's let's be careful about how we do that let's be responsible with the way that we do that um, and that lies in, in being ethical working with trusted partners and working you know building up journalism and using trusted journalists and you you know making sure that the partners we work with have got more diversity in the back end of the way that they are building their teams and so on so all of that is is part of it i think it's a lot more than just saying we're a big trading machine good
2: Um,
1: good um and what about from the other side stacy when you start to unpick ethical advertising what what does it mean to you
2: yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of the things that Deb um, touched on. Uh, I think it starts with, uh, well, actually, I love that Deb mentioned the consumer and not a user, because this is where, um, you know, if, when, you're, when you're advertising to someone, you need to respect them and think mm-hmm. of them as a person. And uh, I think a lot of this is where the foundations of being ethical in your advertising come from. And if we think about who that consumer is, that consumer might be very different to the person buying a campaign. It could, it could be a whole broad spectrum of different people. Mm. And how can we talk to those consumers in the right way? Well, we must have representation in the room, making decisions that can speak to those audiences. Um, we have to be respectful with a consumer's data, how we try to engage with them. Um, I also, so, so a lot of what I think about is like getting the right people in the room, yeah. like, like yeah. Deb said there's been a lot of talk which has been great over the last year and a <clears throat> half two years but now where's the action and it's yeah. getting the right representation in the room and um it's really exciting to me to hear that around uh, how Mindshare share is adapted here it's really interesting but i think also as well looking at things like where is your where is your money sp- being spent mm. uh, because you vote with that pound um and uh you know looking at who the partners are um what are their what what it depends what ethics means to you are there hmm. are there women on their board are there are there diverse people on their exec team
1: are you getting asked these questions now from from your customers?
2: We don't get asked enough actually. I think it's something that should be on the agenda for anyone hmm. that's that's buying. I don't think everyone will have the answers straight away, but at least you force the conversation. yeah I think we probably tell people more now around our company values and and we're a bit more vocal about those, but no we don't we don't hear it enough sometimes on RFPs sure but not but not
1: all the time yeah there's to come back to you deb we, we were sort of talking about the you know there seems to be lots of talk uh, to to take one thing more obviously uh lots and lots of buzz around things like cop 26 at the moment you know there's, there's uh, lots of uh very meaningful conversations happening but it's kind of all about what happens when that big group of Uh, largely men come together and uh, uh, and decide what they do LinkedIn I love but at at times can feel a a bit wearing in terms of you know people stating intentions and sort of doing stuff and there's sort of less of this is stuff we've done but you know uh, more about what we're doing Uh, are there some very you know simple things that that you can do to hold yourself to account or, or or keep yourself honest. I mean, you talked about integrity and and, and that kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we do at Mysha, we have a, a team called the Collective, um, and the Collective are a group of um, ERGs, individual ERGs that kind of come together, um, and each ERG focuses on a different area. So we've got you know roots from you no know, ethical. Uh, sorry. Um, ethnicity um, and diversity you've got enable for disabilities You've just declassify for social mobility you get the point right yeah, nice. um, and we come together under under very intersectional points so things like recruitment how can we be more um, diverse in the way that we recruit um, and that touches on on disabilities, on social mobility, on ethnicity, etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera. And then we look at, well, should we be opening the way that we work with particular recruiters? Mm. So do we have to have more diverse recruiters? Do How do we change the language in our advertising when we're advertising roles so that we're actually open to more neurodiverse um, candidates? So, um, you know, what can we be doing around working with the Brixton Finishing School yeah, or brilliant. Generating Genius? So, that, so it's really tangible things that we are doing to change the way that a we're recruiting so that's that's sort of the start point bringing changing the teams so that you can change the mindset so that you can change the output outcomes the second thing is around our planning product and making sure that you know we've got inclusive planning through the the, kind of the bloodline of everything we do Mm. and that all of the planners that touch any kind of um any kind of campaign have got an understanding of what it means to be inclusive what does inclusivity look like what does unstereotyping look yeah, yeah. like what does anti racism look like how do we be language sensitive how do we be culturally sensitive all of those things come into play and you know we're making sure that we are sense checking ourselves i know not trying to mark your own homework but tapping into people that have lived experience and yeah. also have media experience to be able to, to um, review your campaigns, review your strategies and make sure that there's enough inclusivity and representation. Stacey touched on that point, really, really big, right, around making sure there's representation um, in your media campaign planning um, and that there's representation in the room when yeah. you are pulling those plans together. So there's a lot that you can do, there's a lot that we are doing, I know for sure, around Around putting your money where your mouth is, yeah. and and doing things, and not just saying we need to do them, but actually actively doing them.
1: I love it, and it did it did touch on what you were saying, Stacey, about you know having the the right people in the room. It, it, probably unless we change the way we recruit and the play, I mean. Uh, I think when I was coming through as an account manager you know it was if you're a Bournemouth University grad you probably ended up working and you did that course at Bournemouth University you know you ended up being a planner and then there were lots of planners from Bournemouth University and sort of all look and think the same there's no no sort of diversity of thought let alone diversity of how we look and 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 how we think uh but yes to for it to reflect in the work uh Deb is right isn't she you you really do have to have a different mix of people with different lived experience.
2: I definitely think so. We should embrace what sort of happened with, you know, uh, with this hybrid working that we're now in. Mm-hmm. Can we spread some of the jobs across the country yeah. as well? Like, um, you know, remove remove the need for a, a university degree, you know, when we're hiring, yeah, I think yeah. things are all up for grabs.
1: There's um, Natalie Bao at uh, MGOMD. She's sort of been on this mission for years. Um, you know, why on earth do you need a university degree in order to buy search or to do? You know, loads of the things we do probably don't require us to have a degree. Yet there's a default to get people who have you know gone through three years. I mean, you talked about Brixton finishes school and the work that Ali's doing and things like that, which is sort of incredible and opening up a whole, uh, a whole new world of opportunity. Um, leaders deb how are leaders doing in this do our do our leaders uh, inspire us are they um do they look and feel like us it, it, you know it, is there hope in the leaders of today and the leaders of tomorrow i mean,
0: there's definitely hope in the leaders of tomorrow <laughs> uh, that's not to say there's no hope in the leaders of today <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talk about intentionality and, and, you know, there's a lot of great intentions, but we've got a long, a long way to go. You know, if we think, if we're being really honest with ourselves, particularly in the media industry, mm. 0.01% of all leaders are from a diverse background, yeah. right? Um, which, no matter which way you splice it, is not acceptable, Um particularly if you are saying that we need to be more ethical and we need to be more inclusive and we need to be more open minded then that needs to be reflective yeah. in in our leadership team as well and i think it's not enough to say well there's just not enough diversity in the industry there's enough to be able to you know change the top 1% yeah. there's enough to be able to to change the the kind of makeup of that crew um we just need to be more open-minded in finding those people and I think I've got a bit of a bugbear about the whole university piece because mm. as much as I absolutely believe that you know knowledge and and smarts comes from absolutely anywhere yeah you can also find knowledge and smarts from people that have done the university degree and they are still diverse audiences they just didn't do the degrees you are looking for yeah, yeah. right they probably did something else they probably did law they might have done IT or or they might have done economics, or they might have done something that you're not normally going yeah. after. Yeah. And you can find those people and bring them into the fold. And those people have been doing those degrees for years. So you can still find them at a senior level and bring them in yeah, to yeah. the teams that are more senior level. And they will come in with a different approach and a different um, you know, skill set that you can use to help improve your business overall. So I do think there's a lot more that could be done.
1: Who do you look up to, Stacey? Are there people in the industry who you think, you know, either people that you think doing a brilliant job, going beyond just the intention, but are taking action? Uh, Are there collectives? Are there organisations? Are there, you know, uh, competitors that you look at that you think actually, yeah, they're they're getting something right there.
2: Yeah, I would actually say it's it's more the collectives because there's some amazing amazing collectives out there that that um, are working in this space. The Conscious Advertising Network is mm. doing some really interesting things around ethical advertising. Um, but actually, like I'm part of Bloom, and Damn. I think that's an amazing group of, mm. of people that have come together and are basically trying to build a community who really drive change in, in our industry and you know what? Being, then you feel more like you belong, right? If you're, mm. if you're, from, mm. like I'm part of advertising, I feel like I'm more, I more, belong more because I, I'm, I'm around other people that are LGBT in the industry that are like me. So I think there's these groups that are helping to not only, I mean, they're a bit more grassroots, right? And it's not really the leadership that you asked, but yeah. they are getting a voice with leadership and they are raising awareness is what I would say. Another one is Mefa, um, who's doing some great stuff. So... I think there's some really really good organisations that are really trying to drive change and just helping people to want to stay in the industry because there are other people like them that they can talk to.
1: We had um Jed and Sarah who founded Common People. Both ex-mindshare. She, the mindshare uh, alumni is very very strong here. Um you know, d- thinking about, you know, people from working class backgrounds who perhaps don't get the chance and trying to find a pathway and for them, but you're you're right, it's these sort of collectives that maybe start small but are really starting to uh, to gather some momentum. P- part of that, I guess, is this the age old idea of collaboration when you sort of get different people together, whether they're um, you know, rival newspapers, you can kinda of down tools and work on something better. It, it it feels you look in some places in our industry, collaboration is so easy, maybe some of those collectors we talked about. In other places it sort of feels really it feels really tough certainly from an IB point of view we, we spend a lot of time bringing very different types of businesses together and people together to maybe do things that they, they, they can't do on their own what, what's your um, sense Stacey of how easy collaboration is if there is a you know if we're all saying yeah we all need to we need to make the stuff that we're producing more diverse is there a sense of people wanting to forget about where you work come together and, and try and make it better?
2: I think certainly in the groups that I mm. I just mentioned, I mm. think there definitely is that because I think people have got are quite driven to to change things. Yeah, and are frustrated <laughs> and and want to see that change.
1: And do you take it back to the business as well? Do you would you take it back to Taboola in terms of um you know initiatives that you've got or support that you need? And and are the business supportive of what, what you want to do and what you want to say?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this over the last couple of years, this has been. This has been a good time to to raise these mm. kinds of issues. So, like Deb said, like we've we've got a number of employee resource groups at at Tabula that have that, you know, they start out as grassroots things, and and then the company asks those those groups for for help yeah. on on talent acquisition, on retention of staff, on um, you know, we just launched a mentorship program um, for people from Black. Um, and ethnic minority groups, um, we uh, we're doing lots of things there. We we actually were able to um, get support to uh, to basically give five hundred thousand US dollars worth of free advertising campaigns mm. to uh, a way to basically women women-owned businesses or women-founded businesses last year for International Women's Day. So yeah, I think um, these groups certainly within our organisation have have a voice. I think the hard part is that they're jobs on top of additional jobs yeah. they're kind of volunteer yeah. led and so it's it's about how much output can you have when it when it's like that
1: what about you deb on on collaboration i guess naturally being in an agency you've got a bunch of partners media owners who you know they're, they're up for coming together and and helping you with the tougher breeze, the clients that are pushing you to be more diverse
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we have recently, just like last week, actually had a conversation with Amazon around how we can collaborate on mentorship um, uh, and work together in, in that kind of space. So there's, there's a lot more of those conversations happening. Um, it's, it's exciting because yeah. it means that, you know, we're all kind of trying to pull together in the same way. And, um, uh, and of course, you have to be really careful about confidentiality. You know, you have to be careful about the, you know, competitiveness. But it also, it it's, it does mean that we can move the industry forward a lot faster if we kind of pull together. Um, and and if you've got the backing of, you know, two super giants to make a big difference, <laughs> you yeah, hopefully you'd like to think that things will move a little bit. Quicker um so so yeah yeah i definitely think there's appetite there I definitely think there's appetite there i don't i don't know how easy it will be to do it from a brand perspective hmm. you know do i see um two super fmcg brands coming together i don't know i can't say no but i, I don't hmm. know at this stage but from an agency perspective i think working with partners that's where it can
2: definitely
1: yeah be. And maybe it is it in some of these work. places like conscious advertising network that you know two big fmc giants come together or two big uh renowned fast food restaurants might might come together and kind of work together for the uh for the for the greater good um uh, another question on um sort of the the ethical agenda uh if you like you know particularly from from advertisers and, and and clients you know ultimately if i'm a a brand manager i want to sell more stuff i I need to get people to think about my product differently and you know i'm working with mindshare let's say to 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 help me try and do that where does um uh the ethical agenda sit within that i guess how hard are you being pushed by different types of clients you know the, the really big ones versus the the smaller sort of d2c sme startup ones
0: a lot is the answer. We're mm, being good. pushed a lot. Yeah. It's good. It's a fantastic thing. Yeah. Um, you know, as Stacey mentioned, you see it in the RFIs or RFPs, you do see it there. But we're also starting to see it just in absolutely every single thing we do, mm. you know, um, in terms of, you know, our clients holding us accountable for what is it that you are doing? What have you put in place? Mm. How is this going to impact my planning? How is this going to impact the way that I work? I don't want to see it just on one category or one campaign. I want to see it across absolutely everything I do. So there's a lot of um, push to make it um, more standardized across absolutely everything. Um, And we're seeing that, you know, there's a a catalogue of clients that we've worked with recently, particularly I'm thinking from a UK perspective now. Yeah. Bearing in mind I, I work on the worldwide team so globally, but from a UK perspective specifically, we've done a huge amount, a huge amount to um, to move that story onwards so, you know with the inclusive planning um, approach and partnering with the DSC and you know creating much more um, accountability in, in our insights and the way that we create mm. those insights and, and reaching out to consumers who have who can give us much more sort of lived experience insights that you can't pull from TGI. Yeah. Sorry, TGI, but you can't pull from TGI. Um, <laughs> so, and our clients want that and they want to see more yeah. of it. Um, and we're, yeah, we're definitely being asked to do more. So we're, we're, we're leaning in to make that happen, for sure.
1: And, and the motivation behind it, is it that the pennies dropped on the... Um it's just good business the more if you're if your advertising is only really reaching you know if you sell a deodorant for example everyone needs deodorant right not just people that look like the people uh in the ads. So is it coming it's coming from a well-intentioned a good place that we realize this is this is just plain and simple it's just good business to do to work like this and 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 to think more ethically
0: yes i mean i think we've got to be really careful about good business profiteering and um, good business representation, Hmm. right? Um, So, you know, if you think about the consumer spend against the the black community then, let's say, for example, in the UK, who are worth 300 billion in consumer spend every year, why why wouldn't you want to talk to them? What's wrong with their money? Why wouldn't you want to at least reach them in some sort of way um, and... And speak to them in environments that are that resonate with them, and then scale up to, you know, your kind of more common, um, broad reach environments. They are also there. You know, we are also reading the FT. We are also, you know, watching Channel Four. So why wouldn't we also be represented in those environments as well? Um, so there's there's the representation that is important, and that mean that means it's good business because. People buy from brands that respect them yeah, yeah. at the end of the day.
1: And it feels like it's moved on, uh, uh, you know, certainly in the last couple of years, Stacey. I, I think people have always uh, bought brands and the evidence shows you that, that you respect or represent something of you. Or, uh, but, but now it feels like, you know, p- particularly younger people, younger consumers are sort of going the extra mile to think about brands that are behaving in the right way. Um, uh, that are sourcing things in the right way. I remember when Everlane in the States uh, just started splitting out how much the person who makes the T-shirt in Vietnam gets paid and how much they pay for it and how much we're charging. you. So just so you know, we are making you know double profit on this, but we're being really transparent. Like, all those sorts of things really count. But it does feel like it's shifted more in the last two years, doesn't it?
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've spoken a lot about, I guess, um, diversity. But mm-hmm. if you look at all of the other aspects of ethics, like you just mentioned with Everlane, like what, how are their products produced? Yeah. You know, others are looking at carbon footprint, uh, so many different things. Um, but it, Gen Z is um, is very vocal generation that's, that's coming in that, that, that are buying things now. And um, like to quote a stat from Ipsos, basically they said that Gen Z are much more likely to boycott brands, 40% compared with 16% of of millennials. So I think that, you know, if we talk, go back to your question around is this industry sustainable? Mm. Well, people are going to switch off from buying stuff from a brand that they don't like and they're not going to look at their ads and they're not going to engage with their ads. So I think, again, we've got to think back to the consumer wants to see this and the consumer has values and they're very unafraid to question something that's been in place for a long time you know they're much more likely to boycott boycott a brand for example
1: and 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 do you think that extends to partners as well so if there's a there's a brand I don't think that is behaving particularly well but then I guess the environment in which that's in as well could could impact me if I think uh, um a a certain publication hasn't behaved very ethically or um or a platform or or something like that does it extend to the world that we live in which are the 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 media owners and the and the platforms and the publishers that you know we we buy from and we use all the time or or do you think it 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 really is centered around that brand that unilever or coke or whoever it might be i guess it swings both ways
2: no it definitely swings both ways i mean yeah it's 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 not about the brand it's just about the business right mm. so i think yes um it's become you know all all businesses feel this more keenly probably than they did before yeah and that's good hopefully that will drive yes. the change it will force yeah. the change <laughs>
1: um uh, final word with you uh deb uh what what gives you hope
0: what <laughs> What a, horrible, uh, what a horrible, big, <laughs> wildy
1: question to end on. It's come out of nowhere that I haven't said have a think about.
0: Uh, the fact that we're even having this conversation gives me hope. Mm. The fact that it's on IAB's radar mm. gives me even more hope. Um, the fact that, you know, we are moving, trying to move towards... A much more um, ethical environment. Those things give me hope because ultimately, and you know, ultimately, you're trying to make a seismic shift hmm. against systemic issues, um, and you know, it's deep seated, it's deep rooted, and so it's not going to change overnight. And I think we all need to be really careful about managing our own expectations around how quickly things move, because. We've been fighting this fight for two hundred years, so it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but it gives me hope that we are we are having the conversation that is on lots of people's radars. You know, Stacey's mentioned Mifa and Bloom um, to name you know many more who are you know working really hard to try and um, make it uh, broad reach across the industry in total so i think all of those all of those things give me
1: great hope wonderful that's a very nice way to end but we want to see some action as well totally uh, anyone listen to this get some action <laughs> don't just post it on linkedin take some action it's been a wonderful 20 minutes talking to you both thank you so much for giving me some time uh and just thanks there's lots of really thought-provoking stuff in here uh and i'm sure we can link off to some of the stuff that you're doing in the in the show notes as well but thank you deb thank you stacy The
0: IAB UK podcast.
1: Deb Harper from Mindshare and Stacey Delaney from Taboola there. I first met Deb last year as part of Mindshare's huddle. It was a session that I was on a panel on uh, for Unruly around a a similar theme. Actually, it was around funding media ethically, thinking about how you make uh, advertising for the better. Uh, And it was this balloon debate. So each person has a five minute soapbox effectively to kind of make their elevator pitch and Deb's was incredible it was so so compelling and you heard a bit of that come through so I was absolutely delighted when she said she'd come on the podcast and talk about uh ethical advertising there's just this real restlessness with her that um just not happy with all the talk just we just desperately want to see some change and and you get the sense that she's had this conversation too many times, and would much rather be talking about the progress we're making, than maybe going around in circles with with kind of uh, all the talk. But uh, I thought she was brilliant on the huddle panel. I thought she was absolutely brilliant as part of our chat. I'm, I'm I'm so grateful that she came on uh, came onto the podcast. If you want to listen to more episodes like this one, ones from recent memory, ones from the very start of lockdown ones from when we started the podcast back in 2018 and it sounded a little bit different. You can find all of the episodes that we've ever released on iabuk.com or wherever you're listening to this episode now. But for now, thank you so much for listening. IAB
0: UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.